Peak Wealth Management proudly presents Finding True Wealth with certified financial planner Nick Hopwood and accredited investment fiduciary Jim Pilot. Nick and Jim believe by making simple, good financial decisions, you can retire with confidence. And now let's turn it over to your hosts, Nick and Jim. Welcome to the Retire With Confidence podcast. This is episode 85, the market update. I'm Nick Hopwood. I'm Jim Pilot. And it's it's Groundhog Day with these shirts. <laughs> Seems like it, yeah. So you love that. familiarity to this, yeah, isn't there? That's right. You're in the same seat, same shirt, <laughs> same haircut. Right. It's just a, a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. Now, we've, we did a lot of short clip videos, they call it Peak University, yeah. back in March and April. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, we were spot on. Yeah, that was, uh, I think that, yeah, in hindsight, I was really happy we did those, and I ho- hopefully people watched a lot of that, took a lot of that information in to kind of help understand uh, the market cycles we were going through. Yeah, the only, the only regrettable thing is that we waited till March 23rd to start the videos, which was yeah. the low point, Yeah. right? But that's when we started feeling that's when the pain was pretty yeah, intense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, if you guys are feeling pain, we're feeling pain, believe me. Absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, I was like, uh, by the way, my wife was in Florida, mm-hmm. okay, with my daughter, mm-hmm. and my two boys were with me, school's canceled, mm-hmm. so I'm coming to work, pulling my hair out, mm-hmm. then trying to find a babysitter during the day, bringing the kids to the office, yeah. you know, school's canceled, it was like, Totally nuts, like breakdown time. Right. Okay? Thinking, hey, how am I going to get her back from Florida? Right. Like, can I fly? Right. Can I can I drive across do state dri- lines? Do we drive? I mean, the, these are real things back yeah. then. Okay. I, I got a call saying that the Michigan um, National Guard was going to like shut down the border right. from Ohio and Indiana. Like, there was so much uncertainty yeah. and so many unknowns. There was a ton of fear out there for sure. Yes. So anyway, I remember vivid. Now on March 23rd, that was a Monday. That's my brother's birthday, mm-hmm. and my wife had just got home the day before. Okay. okay. So I had that. I can check that box off. Right. Did she end up flying or driving? Driving. Okay. Yeah. So they drove back. Snuck past the National Guard. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just before they set up the, br- the barriers. Nice. <laughs> Good timing. So I remember I was talking. I was FaceTiming with my brother on Monday night, which was the 23rd. And we, you know, he was upset about his portfolio going down too. Absolutely. And I said, hey, well, maybe the low is on your birthday. Yeah. And it was, you Here know. You but we, that was our first video, and it was the cycle of investor emotions. And the one thing I remember about that is when the market's at an all-time high, I think it's at an all-time high today, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's when we have the maximum financial risk. Right. And when the market is at the low point, that's when there's the maximum financial opportunity. Right. And we were at the low point. Yeah, yeah, that, that again proves out to be very true, but it's really interesting to see and to talk about the emotions that people feel on that roller coaster, yeah. right? Um, yeah, and right now we have the FOMO, the fear of missing out. People calling us about yeah. buying Tesla and, <laughs> yeah. and stuff, and it's, it's just remarkable how quick it's shifted. Right, the sentiment has changed so fast. Yeah, so on March 25th, we talked about intra year drawdowns. So every year, Literally every year, there's going to be a drawdown, and then it's going to finish at a different point, mm-hmm. right? So, oftentimes it finishes higher. Yeah. And this year, right, the drawdown was like 35 percent. Right. And now we're up. Yeah. Yeah, and we I remember going over that that uh, chart too, and thinking, 
Well, maybe maybe this time's different, right? Maybe we don't make it all the way back because it went down so it, so quick. It seemed like it w insurmountable. Yeah, <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah. Um, but there are other years, like in uh, what was it? A good example of 1987, right? Huge drawdown and then finished finish hot, positive. Finish positive. Uh, 2009, coming out of the recession, huge drawdown, finished positive. Mm -hmm. So there's plenty of years like this, right. and this is one of the more extreme. Okay. But we have to be aware that a drawdown um, doesn't mean that's where you finish. Mm -hmm. On March 25th, also, we did the How to Survive an Anaconda attack, mm -hmm. and that's one of my favorite ones. I, I butchered it, you know, but it's worth <laughs> it's worth watching. Such I guess. a good analogy, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the analogy between how to survive the anaconda attack and how to survive a bear market, right? If you just replace those words, it's it's great advice, right? And the first yeah. thing is don't run. Don't panic. Yeah, yeah. don't panic. Let the anaconda swallow you, yeah. right? Let the bear market embrace you, you know? And then if you have a plan, right, which is to pull out your mm -hmm. knife out of your pocket right. after he's swallowed you, you're right. good. Yep. <laughs> and then we also did one on the average recovery time of a bear market. Mm -hmm. What did we learn about that one? They, they can range uh, a lot of times depending on how long, um, the drawdown was how long it took, how deep it was, if there was a recession attached to it. Um, but we but we learned that oftentimes the quicker the market goes down, the quicker it can recover. Yeah, absolutely. And that again, that one at this point anyway has really proved to be spot on. Yes. And what we talked about a lot at that time was that this is the quickest bear market. It was the fastest time yeah. to lose twenty plus percent in right. the history. Yeah, it was really quick. Yep. So from that perspective, we were saying, hey, look, if it's a quick drawdown, it's usually a quick recovery. Right. And so uh, we saw that uh, hold true this time. Mm -hmm. uh, April 6th, we talked about how markets bottom. We compared this chart of the market to the 1987 and 2008 charts. Back then, in those two years, it was a double bottom. Mm -hmm. So it have a big drop, and then it would rebound some, but then come back down and test that yeah. That same level. In 87, it held, and in 2008, it didn't hold and it kept going down. Mm -hmm. But it was still qualifies as a double bottom pattern. Right. And at that point, I was kind of expecting something similar. Yeah, I think we were fully expecting to, to potentially retest some of those lows. Yeah. Um, just never, it, yeah. never happened. At the, yeah, at this point, we just have not seen that at all. It was it was a V. It's straight straight up, straight down. Yeah. Straight down, straight up. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then on the same note, on, by April 9th, we had a, seen a pretty big bounce. Mm -hmm. Right between March 23rd and April 9th, it was a 24% bounce, and yeah. we were calling we were calling it a bear market bounce. Right. And comparing it to other bear market bounces. Mm-hmm. Right, thinking that the market was just oversold and people would, uh, they bought some back in, but it would retest on those lows. And yeah, again, the retest story. Yeah, the retest would, is where we would see that. But And then we also talked about uh, how markets bottom before the recession officially ends. Mm -hmm. So this time we saw a GDP drop of over 30% for the second quarter. So that's mm -hmm. between April 1st and June 30th. Right. <coughs> but but we know that the market bottomed on March 23rd. Yeah. So it actually bottomed in advance mm -hmm. of the recession ending again. Yeah. And we, they're saying that you know now in the third quarter we're having growth, 20 plus percent growth. 
so the recession's over. Mm -hmm. But the market bottomed in advance. Right. Very important to understand. Yeah, <clears throat> it is, and I think I mean I, I think that's probably one of the mo the biggest questions we get nowadays is how is the market doing so well with all these you know bad things still out there, right? There's still 10 million people unemployed. Mm -hmm. There's still you know corporate profits could be hurt. Um, you know, these are all things that, that that's one of the, the common, most common questions I think we get at this point. And I think it's important to remember that the market is a leading indicator, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe the market, um, you know, looking forward is starting to look past some of these red flags. I agree. They're, they're viewing a short term. And then we talk about on April 10th, big annual declines are rare. So mm -hmm. like we said uh, on the drawdown one, usually we'll have a drawdown and then it will finish higher. Mm -hmm. uh, and so a full calendar year drop of 25% has only been seen twice since World War II. And then there were two other times when it was between 15 and 25. So mm -hmm. really four times has the market for the calendar year been worse than 15%. That's not many times in mm -hmm. like 70 years, no. 75 years. Yeah, not at all. And this, this is a, so far an example of that holding true as well. Mm -hmm. On April 20th, at Peak University, the course talked about the, the largest three-week gains ever. So we're looking at 15 days. Mm -hmm. And at that point, we were showing data that said, hey, when we have a three-week run like this, it usually in the past has led to continued gains. More, more gains, for sure. And it's been the case this time as well. Yeah, it has. Um, okay. Now, we have an update with one of those charts, right? We're not going to provide mm -hmm. the chart, but we have an extra data point. Yeah. So the average bear market is a 12-month bear market, mm -hmm. okay? When there's a recession, it's 18 months. Right. When there's no recession, seven months, mm -hmm. okay? Now, this one was a recession, yep. right? But it's only, it only lasted five months. Right. So it's the quickest recovery, right. right? Quickest recovery. Yeah. So it was the quickest. Quickest down. Down, quickest, and now the quickest back up. Quickest back up. And there was a thirty. You know, the chart here shows thirty-four percent, but you know, by my measurement, it was thirty-five. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to go with thirty-five. <laughs> um, okay. What else? What does Brian have to say? <coughs> so I think one of the other things, and it kind of goes back to talking about. Um, how could the market be going up, right, when things look so bad? And, and uh, one of our strategists, uh, First Trust, put out a, a piece that I thought was really interesting. Uh, and this is back in April uh, when the S&P was at its low point. Uh, these First Trust guys calculated that the market was pricing in an 80% decline in corporate profits, an 80% decline in corporate profits. Um, but now they are at this point, so this was um, maybe a week or two ago, with 455 of the S&P 500 companies reporting, 84% um, beat the expectations and earnings just slowed 32%, 32.8%. So to be sure, 32% earnings drop is horrible. It's not good, right? Yeah, but, but we knew it was gonna be bad. Right, we knew it was but gonna it be wasn't, bad. But it wasn't nearly as bad as everyone thought. Right, the market was pricing an 80%, an 80% decline. In reality, it was only 32%. So. Just, you know, I like to use an analogy of a pendulum, right? And when, when things were scary and we didn't know what to expect, it swung way over here. And that's why the market went down so quick. As reality started coming out, we started getting more information and it started swinging back the other way because it wasn't quite as bad as, as we had thought it was going to be. 
Yeah, that's a good point. And it, I find it interesting that the market from peak to trough was down 34-ish percent, and here the earnings are down 33. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, you know, there's no way to know in advance, but it, I, yeah. find it, I find it interesting right. that that was the case. For sure. Okay, so uh, you want to talk about the dry powder too, right? Yeah, I mean, there's people out there that'll make a case to say, um, you know, okay, so maybe corporate profits weren't as bad as we thought, but it just, they're not gonna be good and the market's gonna keep going down. But um, reality is that a lot of people sold at the, at the worst times. I saw a stat that it was, I'm ballparking the numbers, but it was something like 33% uh, of individuals 65 and older sold all of their equities during the downturn, right? Picked the worst time to sell, but they couldn't take the pain, so they sold at the wrong time. They didn't survey us. They did not. <laughs> they did not survey us to their, their mistake. Uh, but with that being said, they said that uh, monthly deposits in checking accounts and bank accounts is now approaching $3.5 trillion. So there's Stimu some out Stimulus there. checks, <clears throat> yep. PPP loans. Yep. Um, what else? Unemployment. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people, right, that were making more money than they were when they were working. <clears throat> but I think those are all important factors and to, to help point to maybe why we are where we are. Why is the market up so much now? Maybe there's a lot of people out there that have extra cash. There's a lot of money and cash on the sidelines, right? The, there's a lot of stimulus out there that when the economy does pick up, these companies uh, have a lot of liquidity and are going to be able to grow and expand. Um, but with all this money on the sidelines, all this $3.5 trillion in checking accounts, if that money starts leaking back into the market, it's just it's just more buyers. Mm -hmm. um, so we, you know, it's potential that the market could continue uh, rising, even though um, the the economy is nowhere near perfect at this point. Yeah. Well, anecdotally, in our financial planning conversations, we've had a lot of people tell us that you know they have more money in their bank mm -hmm. today than spending less than at the start of the year last yeah. year at this time, and. I believe that people are spending less because they're not, you know, and, and who, you know, what's, what's the cause, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously we know the cause, but they're mm -hmm. not going out to eat. They're not taking the vacation. Right. They're not traveling, right? They're not going to games, right? right. They're not spending money on uh, Michigan football tickets, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. obviously they're going to have more money in the bank. Yeah. And there's probably a little bit of a fear factor in there too, where people say, I don't know what's next, but. I'm not as willing to part with that cushion yeah. as I once was. Mm -hmm. So you know, some people that have never had emergency reserve funds now they do. Yeah, and now they see result. the importance of it. Now they see why we tell them you need to have an emergency fund. Yeah, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have one more thought on the dry powder. I'll never buy this argument. Sorry, Jim. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't have. Uh, I'm not reading from like a, a study or anything like mm -hmm. this, but just my feeling mm -hmm. is that. Since I've been in the business since 1999, people are always making this case: "Oh, all the cash on the sidelines," mm -hmm. and you know, right. I've been hearing it forever. And so, in 2000, 2008, it, it never made a difference back then. Right. Right. So I'm not. I'm just not going to buy that argument. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's fair because I also think that um, it, th this information is also not distinguishing between bank. Uh, you know, business bank accounts versus individual bank accounts. Um, and if a business bank account has a lot of money in it, you know, maybe it is PPP money or something, right? Uh, that doesn't mean they're going to go out and put it in the market, right? right? Yeah, I mean, the peak 
checking account, right? Mm -hmm. We certainly have an emergency reserve, but we're not buying mm -hmm. stocks right. in exactly. that account. Yep. Yeah. And there's a lot of other businesses that are in the same boat. So it's uh, one argument. I don't know if it's uh, how accurate it'll turn out to be, but... We shall see. Yeah, we will. Any other closing points that you'd like to make? No, I just think it was worthwhile doing this to kind of summarize. Um, you know, this has been a roller coaster, right? And we started talking about it back uh, when things were really getting emotional and, and, and uh, fearful. So I think it's it's nice to kind of see it come full full circle here. And again, like we say with a lot of things, you know, the the stay in the course uh, on this cycle has proved to be uh, most yeah. most most effective. In fact, uh, I sh we maybe we should have listened to episode eighty one this morning, and we could just mm -hmm. pick up where we left off. But <laughs> we did market update on March twenty seventh, mm -hmm. which is probably the Friday after the the low. Oh yeah, sure. Okay, or the Friday of the low. So mm -hmm. it was the low week right the there, week, yeah. March twenty seventh. Right. And I remember thinking, I, I have a memory of that, thinking we're in a recession, mm -hmm. um, but the market always bottoms before the recession is over mm -hmm. and we're taking these drastic measures with quarantine right mm -hmm. now and as a result we won't have the outbreak that's for people listening that's me putting my hands up <laughs> I don't know yeah. but uh, you know that was the idea at that time that's what I remember about that so yeah. maybe you guys should go back and listen to that one too right see how accurate we were yeah see that's a good how idea. accurate our crystal ball was <laughs> Maybe we okay. should listen to it first. Make yeah. <laughs> so that is the end of episode 85, our market update, uh, Peak Wealth Management, Retire with Confidence. You've been listening to certified financial planner Nick Hopwood and accredited investment fiduciary Jim Pilot on the Finding True Wealth podcast, sponsored by Peak Wealth Management. You can learn more about Peak Wealth Management by visiting peakwm.com or follow on Twitter at nhopwood1.